For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. And welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast, episode 69 with Anthony Garcia of Rogers Group. This is an interesting one because we've worked with a company called Reed Contracting for the past few years. And beginning of this year, Reed was Reed was acquired by Rogers Group. And Anthony used to work at Rogers Group. Then he went to work at Reed. Then he went to, back to work at Rogers Group. And now he is running the acquired assets and operations from Reed but for Rogers Group, it's, it's extremely, extremely, um, uh, it's, it's an extremely simple story that we get into. Uh, but this is a really fun one because I think acquisition is fascinating. It's happening quite a bit in the industry now. This was a very large acquisition. Reed Contracting was a very large organization. And that's what we cover. So we cover Anthony's background. We cover the acquisition. We cover why Rogers Group wanted this company and, and where they're headed in the future. Um, so with that, we will get into the episode and interview. Uh, enjoy. Okay, mister. Well, how, um, how'd you start out in the dirt world? Well, uh, my family was, was in the business. Um, I've got, uh, two, two uncles outside of Atlanta that, uh, own a uh, grading or owned a grading and, and hauling company. Um, they did site work, development work. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of how I got into the business working for them in the, in the summers, learning how to run equipment and kind of learning how projects come together and, and learning a lot about, about business in general, the, the woes of trying to keep people paid and keep material bought and equipment paid for and, and, uh, just learned a lot at a really young age. You know, they, they put us to work and my brothers and I, and, uh, at, at a young age out on job sites and running equipment. And, and like I say, and through high school, uh, working for them and, and just, just learn, kind of learn how projects come together, learn how to quit, how equipment runs, playing around with it. And I was that kid that as a, as a, as a young little kid was playing with Tonka trucks and playing with trucks in the dirt. And so, you know, when my, my uncles got in, into into business in the in the uh, really early '90s. Um, you know, I, I'd always had the dream of just going to work for them, yeah. and that's that's where I would work one day. Yeah, I think you're the uh, <coughs> first person on this podcast to grow up around around the earth moving industry. Yeah, and yeah. Get into it. <laughs> um, did you go to school, college? 
I did. I did. So um, went to school at, at night um, in Atlanta at a, at a you know a tech school, uh, a, a well-known tech school, uh, DeVry University, and took classes at night, just learning learning uh, more technical things. And then uh, later in life, uh, after I started working for Rogers Group, went back to school as an adult um, at MTSU uh, to learn uh, learn Gosh, kind of the yeah. accounting and finance side of, of, of business. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I talk a lot about the dollars because that's how this whole thing operates. It is earth moving, building stuff, making rock. But mm-hmm. if the money doesn't work, it's all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And when I joined Rogers group, that's when it really became apparent that at the time they had a CEO that was, uh, it was very big on financial acumen and, and it, and it just felt very right. The, the, the people I was working for were very, uh, very financial minded. And there was a lot of, uh, they would put a lot of data in front of you. And I was working in sales at the time and you're looking at, at, at Corey margins and you're looking at products and trying to understand really the financial side of the business so that you can make better decisions. And, uh, it just, like I say, it was, it, it, it felt right to go, go try to polish that up a little bit and go to, go to class. And, and, and I did so. Uh, did, so that was your decision? Was someone like, yeah. hey, you should probably do this? Or you're like, man, no, I just want to learn more about it. No, I just I just had a had a kind of uh, a will to learn. You yeah. know, I, I like to learn, but I like to learn on my terms. I'm very much like that when it comes to when it comes to school or, or really anything, you know, I will learn everything about something that I'm interested in. And yeah. the dirt world and this industry is something I'm interested in. So I like to read about it. I like to study about it. I like to find things online. I like to you know, watch YouTube videos of, of Corey's and, and paving and, and pavers working and all those types of things. So I, I really like to ferociously read and learn about something that I'm interested in. And I like to do none of that to things that I'm not interested in. Yeah. Well, that, <coughs> funny enough, and this is not flattery. That was one of the first things I noticed about you is you just know a lot of shit. Like <laughs> just, just talking to you like, man, this guy, he just knows just a lot of stuff about when it comes to like rocks and dirt and how this business works, like he really knows his stuff. Yeah. Well, like, like I say, it's, it's, it's a passion, you know, some, sometimes the passion can come off as aggression, I guess. But, uh, it, you know, I just, I just, like I say, I, I'll ride around on a Saturday and my wife will be like, you know, I, I really don't care where that Corey's located. Yeah. Or I really don't care that that paving job's going on or their barrels are set up wrong or whatever yeah. it's, but to me, it's a, it's like I say, it's something. There's a there's a few things that I'm really passionate about, and and this industry is is one of them. It's from any side of it, really, from the dirt side to the paving side to the quarry side to the asphalt plants side of it. It's fun at the end of the day to step back and look at look at and have a sense of completion with what we do. It's you always have that sense of completion when a project is finished or when something comes together. Where in a lot of other industries, you don't ever get to see the end result. Mm-hmm. Our industry, you, you get to see the end result. Yeah, I, I would. I struggle with things I can't see and visualize, uh, and that's why I, I don't think I did very well at school because it was all on on paper and it was all just theoretical problems that didn't really mean a whole lot. And then every summer, I'd be working out in the field building things, and it's just a it's a whole different feeling and a whole different sense of satisfaction that you get from it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it was the same way for me. You know, I was, I was always in like in high school, you know, I took, I took construction class and I, I mean, I made straight A's in that class and I made good grades in, in, in math, but the things that I wasn't all that interested in, I always struggled at, 
you know, I was like, oh, well, I can procrastinate on that or I can put that off or that's not all that interesting to me. But the th again, things that I'm very interested in, I, I tend to take a take a hard run at and, and want to learn everything I can. And I hate to be not prepared. <laughs> so I like to prepare for things and, and, all, and always be always be ready to, uh, to to talk about the subject. Uh, how did you find Rogers Group? How did you end up at Rogers the first time? <clears throat> so, you know, again, I work, work for my family. Um, when, when they, when things kind of, kind of slowed down, I was trying to, to branch out and again, learn more about the industry and had a good friend of mine who was starting a, a, uh, a develop land development company. This is kind of a long way of how I ended up at Rogers group, but, yeah. um, he was starting a land development company, uh, a guy by the name of Wayne Clark and his son, Shane Clark, uh, outside of Atlanta. Uh, they were doing a lot of residential development and some commercial development, and looking for somebody that had and had knowledge of of grading and and a young guy, somebody that they somebody that didn't have a, a set ways that could help them come in and and manage putting lots on the ground and commercial developments on the ground. So they took a chance in me. I really didn't know anything, and uh, turned over a whole lot of responsibility to me responsibility to me at a at a young age. And um, I worked for them for several years, and then, as as most people know it, the development industry started to slow down. We had used a company outside Atlanta to do all of the paving on our projects, um, a company by the name of Sunbelt Asphalt, and Spencer Murkowski that owns, owns Sunbelt Asphalt. We became good friends. Just, just, I like people. We always would talk when they were doing a paving project for us. He would come out and check on the projects. We'd go eat lunch. We became good friends, and so when things were kind of kind of petering out in the in the development world, you know, he was another one to take a chance on me and said, you know, man, I'd, I'd sure like to have you on my team, you know, helping me with with estimating and project management and and, and working for the company. He's a small company. He's got less than a hundred employees, one asphalt plant now, and uh, they do a lot of a lot of residential paving and commercial paving, and do a little bit of DOT and road widening type type things, and so. Worked for Spencer from kind of right at the right when everything was kind of peaking at the end of the development years, from 06 to the end of 2010. Um, worked for him for about five years and uh, really kind of ele elevated up through the ranks with him. And but uh, you know, kind of the next step for me would have been would have been ownership in the business. Um, and he just we approached the subject, but. It just wasn't something he he said. I don't really need a partner, you know. I kind of yeah. got a good thing going, and so, um, so at that time, you know, things were kind of slow in the industry. And in 20, 2009, 2010, um, you know, that the construction industry was kind of coming out of some a, a bad year or two there, as everybody well knows. And um, you know, I'd put my information out there uh, with a couple of companies, one of them being Rogers Group, and uh, and I got a call. Um, late in 2010, I guess, going into 2011. And uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Dave Adamietz, who who's since retired from Rogers Group, um, he met with me and uh, and Granville Grant, who's who's their vice president of, of, of sales and marketing and quality, uh, uh, met with me in Murfreesboro. And they were looking for somebody with some estimating experience, but also wanted to pull somebody into aggregate sales. And I thought, well, this is a new venture new fun thing, but if it ends up in estimating, it's kind of a comfortable wheelhouse. And if it ends up in aggregate sales, I, I, I think with my background and knowledge of, of, um, of the industry that, that, you know, I could do well in, uh, in aggregate sales. And so, 
that's how I ended up at Rogers Group. They took another another chance on me, somebody that didn't have any aggregate sales experience but had estimating, construction, grading, uh, asphalt paving background. I thought, well, you know, he's he's going to be talking to those customers, so yeah. it'd be the right be the right fit. So, so you end up at Rogers Group. You end up at and Rogers Group is materials business. Yeah. So ended up with them um, in again in Middle Tennessee, and what what would be little did I know would was a one of the biggest markets in the company. Yeah. Um, their their Rutherford Quarry in Murfreesboro is a was a huge powerhouse and had had felt the full effect of the economic downturn. And so here I was, and everybody was looking at me to get it back to the, the days of old. And so I think I was at the right place at the right time because the market started to slowly creep out of this this lull that the construction industry was in. There was a lot of pent-up demand, and things started to, started to climb out, and uh, developers were coming out, and residential and commercial started going going again, and and Amazon brought distribution warehouses to Middle Tennessee, and yeah. and just a lot of things fell in fell into place for me to be successful in that market, which led to promotional opportunities with Rogers Group to take on more territory and manage more things, and uh, and then I guess it was I, I stayed there in Middle Tennessee until 2016, and then Rogers Group gave me a promotion to to manage North Alabama. So manage the the sales in North Alabama, and so they were also trying to get a barge facility off, off the ground and trying to greenfield a quarry mm-hmm. at the at the time that I came to North Alabama. So again, new new fun things to learn and and gain knowledge of, and uh, you know I tried to run into it head first, um, helped get the barge facility open that that the work a lot of the legwork was done. Um, the facility was under construction already. So the permitting and all that was, was in place for me, but was able to get that under construction and get it moving, which was a whole new challenge, learning waterways and, and barges and transportation and deliveries and offloads and stevedoring companies and, you know, learning new markets in Mobile, uh, Alabama and Panama city and Pensacola and all these different areas where we were shipping material Explain explain what a barge facility is, because I'm I'm an Arizona boy. Yeah, we don't have transportation of aggregate via barge. No, you don't. <laughs> Just to so, briefly explain that so, as a tangent. So on the uh, on the Tennessee River, um, as a way to move aggregates, uh, we built a built a barge dock. So a a tugboat pushing. It's really not a tugboat. It's a push boat that pushes these barges that carry. 15 to 1600 tons per barge. Okay. And so on the Tennessee river, they can push 15 of them at a time. So times 1500 tons per barge. Wow. And then they can move that material up and down the waterways. And so you can get via these waterways and through the locks and dams, you can get from North Alabama all the way to Kentucky and Ohio, or you can get all the way to Chattanooga and Knoxville, or you can turn south and you can go all the way down in between Mississippi and the Alabama line, and you can go all the way to Mobile, Alabama. You can pop out in Mobile Bay. Wow. So then you can go east or west and go west towards towards Gulfport, Mississippi and New Orleans, or you can go east and go as far east as, as um, uh, Panama City and Pensacola and those areas. So learned a lot about waterways and transportation and locks and lock closures and all the things that, that cause delays with, with that type of work. Um, and then again, like I say, they were opening a new quarry that was a greenfield. And so that, 
that term just means that it's it's literally a green field mm -hmm. and we're going to strip the dirt off and and strip the land off and and open a quarry so so again yeah stayed stayed with Rogers group in uh, in North Alabama from 2016 to the uh, to the end of uh, of of 2018 materials companies are fascinating because uh, there's everyone could not live without them and especially a company like Rogers group, just the impact Rogers has on the Nashville market, for example, and you look at the built world in Nashville, all of that really came out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And you know, Rogers group 113 years old, I think this year, 113. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. 113 years old. It's uh, a, you know, generation three, four, five, still, still in the business. It's, just the amount of things uh, they put a book together in 2008 for their hundred years, um, and and you know again like to read things about this industry. So I read the book cover to cover. I could probably tell you who the ex CEO was, you know, from yeah. 40 years ago. But yeah. um, it, it was really neat. It's a hardback book, a lot of color pictures of all the things that they've been involved in for hundred plus years. It it'll blow your mind. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And the different places that, that, that their materials reach from Washington, DC to Miami, Florida, to parts in between, you know, they had business ventures all over. Some of those have since been divested or been, been, you know, consolidated, but you know, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee and the Manhattan project and just, yeah. just things that are, that are milestones of our, of the United States. That's yeah. re really pretty cool. Pretty amazing. I guess I'm going to chase this rabbit down the hole here. Why has there been so much consolidation in the materials industry over the past 10 years or so? I I, I don't know. I, at least that's what I've seen is there's been a lot of big companies buying up all these small family quarries. And a lot of it historically has been these small family operations and they're just getting gobbled up left and right. And then they consolidate into a company, pretty good sized company. And then that's bought in this enormous purchase price by one of the really big materials companies, what's what's the reasoning for all that? You know, I don't know that I can put my finger on it exactly, but I can give you the Anthony Garcia version That's of, of it. And my thoughts are that everything that acquisitions and, you know, the whole, the whole M&A world, the mergers and acquisitions world is all about timing, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, that a, a lot of the big companies uh, weathered the storm through, through our tough times and then came out of it. And like I said, everybody right-sized their business. They got, they trimmed the fat. They got rid of the areas where they were losing money. They got really good at financial acumen. They challenged their people to get better at that. And they managed their businesses to better margins. So it could do the same with less and they had better margins. And so the companies came out of that and, and the publicly traded peers to, to Rogers Group or, or really to anybody in the construction business is publicly traded. You know, you can kind of run down that rabbit hole and yeah. figure out how they're doing and where they're making their money. And you can see that that most of them have made a tremendous amount of money coming out of 2008 and nine. And then they want to branch out and get into new markets. And so there's a lot of small mom and pops and, and they too have experienced some of that growth, maybe not on the same, same footprint as a, you know, Vulcan Materials or a Martin Marietta or one of the big national companies. But I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna bring them up, but you did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, th well, th these guys are making national, you know, airwaves worth yeah. of worth of acquisition. So it's, it's oh, yeah. there's no no secrets in that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think these guys want to continue to grow their business. Um, 
because if you're not growing, you're, you're shrinking and you're dying. And so that's the mindset of a lot of great, great leaders and business leaders. And I know it's, it's the mindset of, of, of our current leader at Rogers group, uh, Darren Matson. you know, I know he, he, he'll say that, Hey, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. And if you're shrinking, you're dying. So we need to be focused on growth and we need to be focused on the right growth and in the right places and in the right markets that make sense for us that are bolt on acquisitions that make sense for us. And so these smaller business owners, when when larger companies come knocking, if the timing is right and the value is is such that it makes sense, well, you know, the rule of the stock market is you don't sell your stock when it's at the bottom. Yeah. So these companies didn't sell in 2006, seven and eight, you know, coming off of great years and then going into a lull and then coming back out and going, mm, I don't know if I want to go back into another lull because everything's cyclical in this industry. And so you're going to experience another downturn. So why not sell when the timing is right and, you know, your financials are in a better shape and you look better on paper and, and you know, and companies are, are active and wanting to spend money. So I think it's about timing, really. Makes sense. And those, those like you talked about, the Greenfield projects are increasingly more and more difficult to get off the ground. I mean, just permitting a new quarry, just that process alone is a bear. Yeah, the barrier to entry in our industry is is getting getting harder and harder. I know I was yeah. I was talking with uh, with somebody just just today at lunch about about his experience uh, in in the nineties, and he said, you know, hey, we had three portable plants, and we would chase down if a job had thirty or fifty thousand tons of mix on it, we just go set up a plant. And I said, dang, permitting had to be so much easier to get your air permit and and your water discharge permit and those types of things. Oh yeah, it was it was so much easier, and so. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's it's harder. The barrier to entry into this industry, especially the quarrying business, it's harder and harder. You know, the quarries, you know, downtown Nashville doesn't want another quarry no. down the down the road. And no. so we're getting further and further away from the cities, which which the further we are away, the higher the transportation costs, the more vehicles and more trucks and stuff on the road. So so yeah, you know, a lot of it is is it, it, you know, trying to get a seat at the table in a market that you want to be in. If there's a smaller player in that market, then, you know, again, if it's, it is hard to get permits. It is harder to get green fields opened up and, uh, and it's a lengthy process. It can take years, sometimes three, four and five years, and you still may never get anything permitted. And the value in buying a quarry, I've always found it interesting in a construction company, you're looking at backlog, people, market share assets, that kind of thing. In a quarry, the big things reserves and, sure, and yeah. how much rock is there, you know, right. over an annual, like how many years of rock is here? Yeah. And, and I, I've always found that fascinating uh, just from a quarrying perspective and then just uh, big mines, you know, what's, so what's the lifespan here and everything is not, everything's in lifespan. Yeah. In the mining yeah. world. Yeah. And in longer terms than I ever thought existed before I got into this industry. A long time. I, we don't look at that or we won't want to look at that as 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. So I'm thinking, whoa, that's, that's a long time. I'll, I'll be gone by then, well, you know? And, yeah. Some of those natural quarries, <laughs> they're probably pretty, pretty old. Yeah. There's some that are, that are, that are very old, but yeah. uh, people a whole lot smarter than me figure that stuff out. These, these geologists and rock sniffers, rock hounds, I call them, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. They can look at geology maps and decide whether that, there's going to be 20 years worth of material there based on, yeah. based on some of that stuff. It's, it's, that's a really a whole nother fascinating part of, part of this industry. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, so going to, you were at Rogers group and then you left Rogers group. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm part of, 
what they call now the uh, the Rogers Group Boomerang Club. Those yes. those that leave and and then and then come back. Yes. And uh, I think so. They get a they get a certain amount of uh, of pleasure out of that when you call to come back, or they call you and ask if you want to, and you say yes. So there there is something <laughs> sweet in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You so. kind of come come back with your tail between your legs, like yeah. all right, you know, I tried it, and <laughs> but but uh, I, I mean, you left for. You didn't I, go. Did you not go? You didn't go right to read, did you? I did not. So, um, so I got uh, I got sucked into the recruiter world, um, yeah. and uh, I was working for Rogers Group in North Alabama. Um, they had recently Rogers Group had recently promoted John Stevens, uh, great guy, super knowledgeable, another Rockhound guy, mining engineer, um, to manage North Alabama, and I was working for John, and 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 I guess I, I just thought at the time that. Okay, well, I've uh, now I'm, now my op- options are somewhat limited. I'm going to have to pick up and move, and little did I know. But um, you know, Rogers Group did did try to do the you know, hey, don't the, he should shouldn't go now. We got there's a lot of things on the horizon. There are people retiring, but I was a pretty determined guy at the time. I had a pretty good offer with uh, with the Shelley Company, which is part of CRH uh, up in Ohio to 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 <clears throat> go in as a VP of their of their Southern Division, what they call their Southern Ohio Division. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily take it back because, you know, I learned a tremendous amount of stuff from, from those guys. And it, it was, a, it was a really short stint away. Yeah. Um, only about nine months was I in Ohio, nine, 10 months. Um, but, uh, they had sand and gravel river operations, liquid terminals, you know, quarries, both, both above ground and below ground. And, uh, just learned a whole lot about how Columbus, Ohio operates, which was, which was pretty fascinating. And then, Learned a lot about their business, and then they had a huge uh, asphalt paving and construction, you know, like 12, 14 paving crews in, in southern Ohio. And so just got involved in a lot of different things from, from the highway lettings to, to, the, to the quarries and operational things, and then trying to drive some of their initiatives that they were trying to accomplish in that, in that market. Um, so it was fun and exciting and a challenge. It, I, I wouldn't say it was a great fit for me as far as, you know, I've always been a kind of a Southern boy, lived in South Florida via Phoenix, Arizona, via Atlanta, Georgia, and, yeah. and then Nashville, Tennessee, kind of always hung in the, on the Southern states. And so that foot of snow when it was on the ground outside my house was, was a foreign object to me. And I was, uh, I guess it was Christmas of 20, 2019, right at Christmas, uh, just, just coming up on Christmas. And my uh, biggest customer in North Alabama was was Reed Contracting, so I got to had developed this great relationship with Mike Reed and, and David Harris with, when, when I was with Rogers, Rogers. Group. Yeah, yeah. and uh, developed a great relationship with them, and I took a real liking into what they were doing, what they were building. Being my biggest customer, I focused on them a lot, tried to understand their business and where they were moving and where they were shaking, and how how we could help them and kind of gained this great friendship with with Mike Reed and and David Harrison and, and really tagged along with them on a lot of different projects and and learned a lot about their business and and so again back to back to snow in Ohio here it was uh, right around Christmas and I think when my phone rang I looked down I saw Mike Mike Reed and you know on my phone and I, I thought man what is I wonder what he's calling me for mm-hmm. you know we had talked periodically about just different things and just catching up and staying friends and I answered the phone, and he said, "Well, hey, how you, how you doing, bub? You know, that's 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 his thing. You know, how you doing, bub?" I said, "Well, 
not great, shoveling snow off of my driveway. And he just kind of chuckled and laughed. And he said, well, what do you, I'm going to catch you flat-footed here, but what, what do you think about coming to Huntsville, Alabama? I said, for what, visit, you know, or what, what are you talking about? I, I said, man, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not quite certain what you're, what you're talking about. He said, uh, well, I'm, I'm talking about coming to work for, coming to work for Reed Contracting. What do you think about coming to work for us? Well, David and I have been doing some talking, and we'd like to talk to you a little bit further about it. And I said, man, Mike, you, you've totally caught me cold here. I, yeah. I, don't really, uh, I don't really know what to think about that. Oh, my gosh, I just moved. My wife's probably going to kill me if I came and said something to her about moving back south uh, after we just moved north, and this was going to be a great thing, right? So um, as time went on, we had some more conversations through the new year, and, uh, and I thought, man, this, this is really something. You know, He was looking for someone to kind of help him carry the business on into, into the, the next generation, really, uh, for him, uh, you know, help work, work with his son and work with him and, and David and kind of, and, and transition the business. And I was really flattered and humbled, but, you know, I thought, well, Hey, it's kind of a culmination of all my background. They're in aggregates, they're in sand, they're in asphalt, they're in grading, they're in utilities, they're in undergrounds, they're in ready mix concrete, they're in everything. So, this uh, this kind of makes sense, and uh, talked to my wife, and she was, you know, not totally opposed to the idea of getting out of Ohio, and and things weren't weren't exactly perfect where I was at, and I, and I wasn't feeling quite, you know, in the right place, and it, it wasn't really didn't wasn't dragging me into uh, into the business there with 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 Shelly, and uh, which is okay, a great company, um, and uh, ultimately made the decision that hey, we're gonna. We're going to take a, a, a 10 month stint and we're going to wad it up, throw it away, and we're going to go back to Alabama. And uh, I'm going to go to work for Reed Contracting as their kind of vice president, general manager. Yeah. And, and, and Mike, I mean, at that point, <clears throat> he'd started in the 80s. And the guy, like, there's no off switch for a guy like Mike Reed. It's just no, go. No. And so he'd been going for decades. And then you start to just get older and, Hey, I need to start thinking about the future and and what does that situation look like? And that's where they were at. Is yeah, you know, da- David's got a few years on Mike, so yeah. so he was even closer to to retirement and uh, and to to David was another guy wired much much kind of that old school way of hey, forty years of of just go 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 every day, wake up and the old term they would always use is I, I wake up and go from can to can't yeah. and uh, yeah. and so. And it was true. It was true. I got there and thought, my goodness, I'm I'm already behind, and it's six thirty in the morning. I'm I'm already fifteen minutes, thirty minutes behind. Yeah. So, Michael beat you up, and he'll be the he'll he'll be the last one at the office at the end of the day, shutting the lights off, going, "Well, we'll do it again tomorrow, guys." And uh, it's a lot of a lot of hard work and tenacity behind him, and but his name's on everything, and so I I kind of understood why. And also, when you've got seven hundred plus employees that rely on you, and they rely on on you making good decisions, right? And you making good financial decisions, business decisions, growth decisions, and everything, all the bucks stop with you. Yeah. And so, so that was you know that's Mike Reed. I mean, he built a built a huge company in North Alabama in five counties, roughly, um, through hard work and determination. You know, not college pedigree, um, and, and nothing along those lines. Just straight hard work and determination, 
you say no, he says yes. You know, the job needs to be done in this amount of time, and you, it can't be done. It can be done. Yeah. And that was just his mentality. And so he built this business, and he, here I, you know, walk in the door, and and I'm supposed to help kind of kind of transition that. And so it was, it w- went really well. We had a great, you know, we had a great friendship going into it. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, okay, how'd you end up from from Reed and then and then back at Rogers Group? Well, it was a year period of time. We did a lot of good things, did a lot of great things. But at the end of the day, that mindset of of Mike of you know relinquishing control of of his baby, you know, someone else is going to kind of rock that baby for you, and I'm going to step back and kind of fade into the shadows and trust that you got this under control. I think there was a, there was probably a sense of a lack of, of trust in that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but also in that, you know, if I'm not involved in the decision, then the decision didn't get made or, or, you know, I'm not up to speed on what's going on and all, all that was foreign to him and I totally respect it. But at the end of the day, I, I, I made the decision that it was the, the space was limited for the two or the three of us, he, David and myself to try to, run the run the business and also transition it to his liking and you know giving me the place where I felt like I was you know I was I was in control I was making decisions and I was doing the things that that made him happy and David happy but also at the same time kept kept the employees you know taken care of and the business and it just it just, like I say it just got to a point where you know Everything was good. It was okay. We can shake hands. We can part ways. We tried this experiment, but the experiment was, it wasn't a complete failure, but it was a failure in the sense that I don't know that he was ready for what the journey that we were headed for at the time. Yeah. And I mean, this has been, I I very much understand where you were at because I've, I've had frustrations with just a lot of the construction industry in a sense that it's like, Hey guys, we need to, we need to do things a little differently going forward. And people that have been very successful over 30 years, that doesn't do anything for them because it's like, I'm making more money now than ever before. Why do I need to do things differently? And, and I've been doing this long. I don't, I don't have any desire to really shake things up. Yeah. (laughs) And then you you kind of sit there and think about like, I used to take it personally. Now it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. If I were in their position, Yeah. why that, why would, why change? And Hey, we got a good thing going. Yeah, and you know David Harris. Uh, at times, he he has you know a, a lot of a lot of Davidisms that that he has. But um, you know, w- one of them is it's 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 hard to see see the cliche term. It's, it's hard to see the the forest for the trees. You're too close to the trees. You can't see the whole forest. And yeah. I think that happens. Um, that happens sometimes with a business owner who's got his finger on the pulse of everything. He gets really close to it. And then as it grows, it's hard, it's hard to see everything else that's happening. You know, you, you trust people, right? You got to have the right people in place. And so you say, hey, he's got it or he's got it or she's got it. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, I think, some of what happened too is that recontracting grew and grew really fast in a, in a short period of time. Huh. And the people that are here will tell you, man, well, <laughs> when I started here 15 years ago or I started here 12 years ago, we had... Now always use the number of people as the as the benchmark, right? We had 150 people here, you know, and and now we're 750 or 800 yeah. people, and so they use that benchmark, and that's in a short period of time. It's had 100 people a year for for that period of time. I mean, that's that's tremendous growth. Um, and they they did it kind of without anybody else's help. They just did it with just sheer work 
Just, oh yeah. And, and you know, the phrase was just make it happen. Make it happen. I mean, they were yeah. just making it happen. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I still, I, t- I talk about what Mike Reed and, and Reed contracting was now so often because it was just such a spectacular business. And it, I've, I've still to this day have never seen a company that's vertically integrated that dominates a market so intensely in such a, and has so many people in such a small region. And you drive into Huntsville, I mean, and now it's Rogers, but you would drive into Huntsville and I would count as soon as I got into Huntsville, how many Reed trucks I would see just driving from, from the outskirts of Huntsville, 15 minutes away to the office. And it would be just, they were all over the place. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, he built a built a tremendous business. Um, again, on on the back of can not can't, and yeah. you know, you say no, I say yes, and and like you say, make it make it happen. He he just taking no wasn't. I mean, no. it's just not in his DNA. It's not in his. It's not in his in his blood. It's not in his mindset. And you know, even his even his kids are that way too. I mean, his son Chaston, who worked in worked in the business and was a was a general manager in the business, was was the same way up early and working late and just, yeah. you know, and he built a, built a culture around that mentality, which is, which is, which is some of our challenge now is we've got a little different culture. We've got a little different mindset. We do things sometimes, you know, a, a little bit slower. We're a little more methodical about, about certain things. And, um, and so that's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a culture change for the, for the people, but, but it's, but it's a good thing and it was the right time. Yeah. It's, um, so I guess going to segue into you, you leave, you go back to Rogers group mm-hmm. and then Reed sells concrete. Yeah. Smyrna ready mix. Yeah. So, so, so I go back to Rogers group. You're back in Nashville. Mar- March of 2020. God bless Nashville. Your wife. God bless my wife, Abby. <laughs> she, she, uh, my, and my kids, my kids too. I, I mean, she, she puts up with me, but you know, my, my almost 14 year old and 11 year old son, you know, my, my, my daughter, Audrey and my son, Alex, it's, it's, uh, they, they put up with me, uh, uh, to, to move, move back, uh, to Nashville. Um, every one of my friends is like, I don't, I don't understand how you're, how you're not, not divorced or she didn't, she didn't just stay in one of, one of the places you've lived. Um, but, but somehow she's put up with it. Uh, it, it sure wasn't easy, but we did it. Um, and uh, about the time we get the boxes unpacked, we'd repack them. But so yeah, it's March of 2020. I'm back in Nashville with Rogers Group, um, back in a familiar territory, but now managing 15 aggregate facilities, mm-hmm. um, a sand dredge operation on the Tennessee River, and the sales for all of that. Um, and still, you know, still staying very involved. I, I, Rogers Group's acquisition team. It's they're a great bunch of people, Steve and and Dave Dave Rector, and um, who's who's one of the one of the owners of Rogers Group. Also, um, the the team is great because they they involve all the markets and and hey, let's let's talk about growth and and how do we grow and hey, we're looking at this, let's get an opinion on it. And so, um, and I I I love that stuff. <laughs> I, I love the that side of it, looking at markets and trying to understand markets, but also looking at operations and seeing how they how they fit within our company. And so. Um, so, so time goes on, we, we're, we're talking and, uh, and late in 2020, like you said, the Reed contracting sells their seven ready mix plants to Smyrna ready mix to mm-hmm. SRM. Who's, who's a huge customer for Rogers group. 
and um, got several ex Rogers Group employees at work over at over at SRM, and uh, and so they acquire the Ready Mix, and and you know, kind of our our light bulbs kind of go off. I don't know that we were the we were the first ones to think of it, but we thought, well, okay, what does that mean? Does that does that mean that something else is for sale? Does that mean that maybe yeah. Maybe the asphalt plants are for sale or the quarries for sale or the sand plants for sale or something else. Is there other things that might go to? Um, and so, you know, pick up the phone. I, I, I think I think I was the first one to pick up the phone. Maybe. I don't know. Somebody else might have beat me to it. But I called my old friend Mike and, and said, hey, uh, saw, the, saw the ready mix sold. And, uh, and, and what does that mean for the rest of Reed Contracting? And, you know, I think he said, well, I mean, you know, to to my earlier statement, I think things are about timing, and you know, timing may or may not be right. But you know, I'll, I'll be willing to talk to you guys, um, yeah. be willing to to hear you out and hear what maybe you're thinking, and you know. But he was also very concerned about the people and the organization staying together, the rest of it staying together as one, and that you know, you don't sell this, and you don't sell that because people can then take it and close it down or do do something that would it would ultimately affect the employees who who he cares a lot about. Obviously, he built a business based based on his tenacity, but also his employees being willing to to work hard for him. Yeah. And so taking care of them, I think, was at the forefront of his mind. And so so we we head down that path starting uh, you know, uh, probably late late in twenty twenty and bleeding over into twenty twenty one. And um, you know, obviously everybody knows it's it's closed now. You know, we we acquired Reed Contracting, we acquired the grading and the utilities and and the five asphalt plants, the quarry, the sand plant, the trucking, the shop, the warehouse, the offices, the land. So all the other parts and pieces of Reed Contracting outside of the Ready Mix that was sold to Smyrna Ready Mix, uh, Rogers Group acquired it. And so it puts us in a position, we felt like, in North in North Alabama. One, it made sense. Several of Reed's operations are at our facilities, being Rogers Group's facilities. And so having somebody else in those facilities wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense for us. And again, he wasn't going to piecemeal things out and sell little parts and pieces that made sense to you and made sense to somebody else. So we had to bite off the whole, the whole ball of wax. And, uh, you know, we're as Rogers group trying to, trying to grow and be more vertically integrated in markets. Um, and this gave us immediate, you know, knowledge of grading and underground utilities. Um, and it gave us this, uh, you know, just like the, the write-up on our acquisition, the press release was, it gives us start-to-finish construction capabilities in North Alabama. So in the in the five counties plus our existing business, our what we call our heritage business, bolting on to Reed Contracting, it gave us start-to-finish construction capabilities. So we're mining the aggregates out of the ground. We're making the asphalt now. We have the asphalt plants. We have the asphalt construction piece. Great crews, great people. And uh, we acquired the rest of all these assets to, to play into it. And now we can do start to finish construction and be vertically integrated in North Alabama in a great growing market. I mean, it's, it's one, of the, one of the fastest growing, growing cities in, in the U.S. right now. And it's so, and it's yeah. so small, you know. Yeah, people, uh, uh, it's so funny how still unknown Huntsville is. But then you come out here and you're like, what? It, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Like there's a, a rocket ship right off the interstate and then Redstone Arsenal and you fly into the airport and it's like Black Hawk helicopter advertisements. You're like, where the, where the hell am I? Yeah. And it's, it's booming. It's a cool town. I mean, if the, the, the mayor of, of city of Huntsville and the, the, 
the, the people that are making decisions to recruit businesses here, um, the economic development teams have done a tremendous job using Redstone Arsenal as, as yeah. a hub to recruit the FBI here, um, but also growth of infrastructure and trying to build on our roads and bridges and, and widen things up and prepare areas for industrial development and, and, a, and a major car plant. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. two automakers joint venturing into, into making cars at one facility in North Alabama you know, propels a tremendous amount of job growth in, in this area and and creates a huge challenge for those trying to hire, by the way. Um, but also, but it's great because it, it also brings communities together and home building construction goes goes crazy around these types of things. And, you know, people are moving here from all over the United States. It brings an influx of people, which brings a whole new cultural thing to Huntsville. So, you know, bring more communities where you can walk and ride your bike and do different things like that. So it's, it's a great, it's, it's a good, good place, a good place to live, a good place to raise a family and a, and a great place to live. So a little, little public service announcement there for anybody who needs a job in the dirt world. We, uh, you want to move to Huntsville, we, we've got, we've got openings. We're, we're ready to hire you. Rogers is hiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of opportunity here. So yeah. Rogers, and this was the largest acquisition Rogers had made to date. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct, yeah. and I think that was in the press release also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I got it from. And yeah. uh, I mean, read, it was big contractor. I mean, to have to have 650, I think it was like 650. Yeah, six, or up to 800 people in one region like this, all doing dirt work, paving materials. I I still have just never seen it anywhere else in the country. Yeah, it's a it's amazing. It's it's really it's really something, and we're and and we're we're so excited about about the ability to 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 acquire the business and being in a position to do so. Yeah. Um, it's good good for us, and and like I say, it builds in some some knowledge about about grading and utilities so that, that we can carry into other markets and and continue to grow our business and be more vertically integrated in other markets, but. But for but for this market, it's 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 really good. It bolts onto our existing quarries. You know, we have we have three quarries in the in the Greater Huntsville area. But the quarry from Reed Contracting got us into a new market in, yeah. in the far east side of of North Alabama, and uh, and then the sand. Obviously, sand is, is hard to come by in North Alabama, so that was great, a great part of the acquisition too. Um, and then and then again, all the people. Um, you know, I can't I can't say enough about the biggest asset, which is the people. You know, you can you can buy equipment, but you but putting people in the seats is the, is the hard part. So, you know, it's, and I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people ask, you know, and, and they're, when you're making an acquisition, there's so much confidentiality that has to take place from both sides. Cause Hey, what if the deal doesn't go through, then you don't want everybody and their brother knowing that, that you were headed towards selling when you still have to run it and still have to make payroll and still have to take care of these people and your family. And so, yeah. you know, there was probably some upset parties that, there was a lot of confidentiality and it surprised or came up on people, but, but that's how these things take place. It's just, it ha it's how it goes. And so, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, you know, Mike, Mike Reed and, uh, and his family were, were wanting to partner with a company that was, that was family owned, that had some family values, which is how he was and how he operated the business. Someone that could make decisions quickly that, and somewhere where his people would have opportunity for, for growth. So it would provide some more opportunity, even more so than what he had for them, because 
it's part of a bigger umbrella of, of businesses, those that want to go and, and are willing to move and take on new opportunities. It would provide opportunities for them. And so I think he did everything with, with people and the employees in, in mind. Um, and, and I, and I say that with 100% certainty because I know through the whole process, he was very concerned about, about the people, how are they going to be taken care of? And, how are the, how are they going to be brought into the, the the business? And does everybody you know everybody's going to have a place? And is everybody going to have a seat at the table? And you know we did our best through this entire acquisition to keep every single person, even even some of those that left. We were fighting to keep them from leaving. And so you know I th- I think that was that was at the forefront of his mind when he made this acquisition. And, and that was it, Rogers Group too. You know we try to create opportunities for people to succeed. It's it's in our tagline. It's it's what we tell our our existing employees. So yeah, yeah. It's um, it was interesting to see on the outside because there's a lot of emotions involved in an acquisition, and 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 especially for him and his family too. You could just tell how emotional it was for this family because this this company was 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 everything. Oh yeah. To oh. this family and to I mean it's a dramatic change for, for that family, for everybody at the company. But ultimately, like you said, you know, at the end of the day, these people are better because now there's even more opportunity than it was before. And now the company's even more rock solid than it was before. And right, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Pulling it all, pulling it all together to, yeah, to your point about the emotion, it is, you know, I, I, several times during the whole process, you know, I, there was, there was an embrace of a hug with, with Mike Reed and, and, and even, you know, some tears flowing because here was his namesake, you know, when you're yeah. peeling logos off of equipment that say Reed and you're putting a new logo that says Rogers Group on them, you know, there's a certain amount of, of amount of pride and, and sense of look what you built and step back and you step away. And, you know, when, when you're cleaning out your office and you're the owner of, of a company that employs, you know, 600 plus people after the sale of the ready mix, you know, I think the ready mix was one thing. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I sold that. It's a small piece of the small piece of the pie. But when the rest of it went, it like you said, it was it was definitely an emotional time for for he and his family. Um, you know, and they they had to put a lot of work in too. I, I don't want to un- underestimate that either. No. The amount of work it took just to get this thing to the closing table. Yeah. To make sure that that hey, it's 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 sold. It's sold to the right people. My my employees are taken care of. And all the parts and pieces that had to come together for that to happen, you know, he he did the right things for for the business, for his family, and for the employees. Um, and so, and and every everybody down down the line, you know, we tried to bring over and and try to make them better. You know, there's been we've done tremendous amount of reinvestment as soon as we walk through the door in wage rates and and. Uh, benefits and our 401k and the things that, that Rogers group layers on to, to a smaller company, we bring all of our big, bigger company, but still family company benefits to the table for all these employees. And so I, I really and truly believe that, that Mike knew that because we explained all those things to him yeah. and he felt like, Hey, this is a good thing. It's a good thing for my people. And it's not some, you know, it, it wasn't a big national publicly traded company that, and there's nothing wrong with those companies. It just, for him, I think it felt more right for Rogers Group and a family-owned company, and he could talk to an owner, he could talk to our CEO, he could get him on the phone on his cell phone at seven o'clock at night, you know, or he could talk to one of the owners of Rogers Group or one of the board of directors if he wanted to, and uh, 
you know, and, and they would take his call and they would talk to him and, and talk him through the process and how is this going to take place and, and what's going on. So I think, I think that gave him a sense of peace with it. And it's, and it's the same sense of peace we try, we are trying. And, and part of the reason we're talking today too, is letting all the people that work for us know that, you know, you know, we're here, we've got your back. We're going to take care of you, you know, as long as you follow our, our, our guidelines and principles and, 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 uh, you know, you work hard, um, but you, but you're safe. Uh, you know, you're going to have a great career at Rogers group and we're going to be here for, and we've already been here for a hundred plus years. We'll hope to be here for another hundred plus years. Yeah. Yeah. Why, um, why not keep the, keep the read name? You know, for us, we already had an existing business in, in North Alabama yep. and we already had Corey's. And we already we already had some brand, you know, recognition, our name, and yeah. you know, our promise in the market, and and those types of things from from what we had. So we had an existing business. It just it made sense to to integrate it into the greater business that we already had here. Gotcha. And uh, and put our you know put our name on everything. And and plus we want people to feel us feel a sense of part of all of Rogers Group, all of who we are. So. You know, I think there's we we've done advertising for for jobs, and we've done a lot of a lot of public service announcements here locally and radio advertisements, and we're still using a little bit of the read name to to try to for people to understand you know who who we are. But at the end of the day, we're you know at some point we're Rogers Group. We already had existing businesses here, and so you know his his thirty plus years we we've, we've been here almost as long. Uh, in North Alabama, if not longer in some parts of North Alabama. So yeah. it just, it, it felt right, you know, and, and it felt like a, like a clean break, hopefully for, for he and his, his family too, that, you know, they're not driving around still seeing their name on everything and he's still getting calls, you know, or someone's trying to track him down. You know, that's another thing too, is a, is a cleaner break. And, and so now he, you know, Mike Reed, <laughs> his family, they're not involved in the business at all. It was, we're selling the business and now you're leading the business. They're, you're, he, he's not in here every day. No, no. Working, working through things or anything like that. No, but he's was, welcome in here any day he wants welcome. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, the, there was a day where it was, okay, this is Rogers Group now. and Yeah, March 8th. Yeah, March March 8th we closed, uh, the morning of March 8th. And uh, How did your name get thrown in the hat as far as leading the business? I mean, it's obviously the history – it made sense, but was there a discussion? Did you have to somewhat sell yourself on, Hey, I'm the guy for this? Um, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, any, any vice president at Rogers group's got to be, got to be appointed by the board of directors. Yeah. It's got to be voted in. So, um, you know, I, again, I'm, you know, I, I don't like to, I, I try to stay as humble as I can and, and, and don't want to toot my own horn, but I worked hard for Rogers group. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, again, I tried to be, uh, learn as many things as I could. I think I helped get the, get the read deal to the table and, uh, and I worked hard, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do it all by myself. There were, there were really hundreds of people working on this acquisition and, and a lot of people still working on this acquisition. Yeah. Um, but I think having, having had worked for Mike and David and read contracting, um, and the inside knowledge and the, and the, the, the experience that I gained working for them gave me information to share with our board of directors that we otherwise wouldn't have had if we were just acquiring a business just straight off the street and just going off of what people are telling you. And, mm -hmm. you know, I could say, hey, this is, you know, I knew the people too. I, I spent a lot of time in, in, my, in my little over a year with, with Reed Contracting 
really getting out and in the field and getting to know the people and understanding who kind of runs what what department of the business. And so bringing that information to the table for Rogers Group, I, I think was helpful. Um, and so, you know, again, I, you know, I was, Reed had hired me to be a, a vice president and general manager for him, help him kind of run the business. And so, you know, I, I think my, my capability was there. I don't think Reed had a bad experience with me either. Yeah. And I think they were open to the, to the option. I th- think they thought, Hey, the, the people liked you while you were here. Um, I, I'd like to think so. There were probably some that didn't, but, <laughs> um, but the people ha- have known you for a long time. You're a familiar face. Um, I think that'll be easier when, when we transition. And, and then also like, again, the, the Reed contracting in this acquisition now, now totally you know, pulls together all of my background from aggregates to asphalt paving to grading and utilities and construction and trucking and all the things that we do. It really pulls all my background uh, together, you know, and, and having worked for Rogers Group for, you know, nine, nine years, a cumulative nine years or so, you know, I kind of know how they do business and I know how they operate and I know how our, how our CEO and CFO want to want to see things. And, you know, I know how our leadership and, and, and my boss, Derek Roberts, you know, I, I, I'd worked for him for a period of time. So he and I get along really, really well and, and, uh, work, work, work well together. Uh, so I think it was just a, it just a good fit. And it was, it was an internal promotion, which I think is great. You know, I mean, for any business, it's always great when, when they promote from within and they don't pull somebody in from the outside to, to take over a role that, that somebody may feel like they're, they're prepared for. Um, so, the proof's in the pudding. Now I got my work's cut out for me. I gotta, I gotta go, go, go perform for Rogers Group, or, yeah. or it'll all, all be for naught. But <laughs> yeah, you got what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, and then now you're uh, moving back to Huntsville. Moving back to Huntsville. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think this time I'm gonna buy a motorhome, but I haven't, I, I haven't got my wife talked into it. But yeah. you know, it, we have a guy. It, I mean, construction is common. It, it's very much. Wheels. Yeah. yeah. And it's very common in in our industry too for, you know, promotions don't always happen in the town you live and they don't always happen at the, at the perfect time. And, you know, I went to a, to an NSSGA meeting out in California several years ago and, and Darren, our, our current CEO, he, he spoke at that, at that, uh, at that meeting and, you know, and, and it, and it reigns true because I think, I think he's moved almost as much as I have over the years. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not as many times, but, but close. But I know if you look around the business and talk to other senior leaders in, in Rogers Group or any other organization for that matter, you know, they moved several times. I mean, yeah. They didn't always get all of their promotions or all of their opportunities in the same market. And I think in our industry and when you work for a company that spans multiple states, something opens up. And if you're willing to raise your hand for it and you're willing to take on that challenge, because now you got to learn new people, new industry, you know, heck, you got to know where to shop and buy your groceries and you got to know how to sign your kids up for school and find new doctors and all the fun stuff of moving, which I'm pretty much a pro at, or yeah. I'm not, I'm not a pro. I shouldn't say that. My wife is a pro, yeah. um, you know, and I, and I think my kids are, my kids are done moving. So it's, so it's Huntsville or bust from here on out. And I've said that before and, and had to eat those words, but I think it's Huntsville or bust for, for a while for us. It's, it's, I don't think the kids are going anywhere now. When they go off to college here in, in several years, uh, uh, then, then who knows? Rogers Group may have some wonderful, great opportunity and yeah. somewhere in the West Coast or something, and I may go, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, but, uh, but now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty committed to this, 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 op, this operation, these people. Um, you know, we've got a tremendous group of people with this acquisition 
some great leaders, some great managers, and and some great up and comers. Um, and and I hope all these people feel a sense of being a part of something bigger now. Um, you know, our communication lines are at Rogers Group. We communicate, communicate, communicate. So we we, we let people know about the successes and failures and things that are going on, and we let them know about what we're doing. And and uh, you know, and and we don't we don't hide behind you know at, behind the you know curtain waiting to tell them things that that are big surprises. So yeah. Been trying to share a lot of information with people. We've put up we've put up information boards at all of our locations um, where we're scrolling information so they know about things that are going on. You know, spotlighting and highlighting employees and and these are things Rogers Group does around around all of the company. These are some of the some of the good things that people want to. I mean, people want to know what's going on. They want to know that the business is healthy, but they also want to know that they have a great career opportunity and that things are moving in the right direction and that they are doing a good job. And so they need that reinforcement, both from their their leaders, but also as it as it spans up and it and it feels good. I can tell you firsthand from my experience, it feels great when somebody says, "Hey, man, you're doing a good job," or "Hang in there," or you know, "Hey, it's you know, yeah. don't worry about that. It's it just let that roll off your back and and hang especially, in there." So, well, especially as the boss, because all you hear is the bad stuff. Every every time someone calls me, oh, uh, you know. All right. Yeah. What, what do we do this time? And, right. And uh, yeah, when you get, I mean, I forget who it was. It was like Ford Berg or Nick Frederick or somebody the other day. They're like, Hey, just want to let you know, you guys are, you guys are doing a good job. And I just want to throw you a bone. I'm like, I appreciate that. Yeah, you look at your phone. I don't get too many of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 And right now with an acquisition, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of work, you know, especially yeah. When you when you integrate something into a, an already existing Rogers Group business, and it's not a whole new what we call SMA strategic market area, yeah. it's it's a little different than than this one. So not only is this a huge one for us, and some sort of new lines of business, not new, completely new. We do grading and we do utilities and other parts of the business, but in this size and scope, it's a little bit new for us. And so, trying to integrate the people into our culture. And we are we are a very safety driven culture. It's a, it's a great thing, um, but it takes a little bit for the people to get used to it. That that hey, we we meet before every shift. Hey, we yeah. we check our equipment for for safety things before every operation. That we wear hard hats all the time. We wear safety vests. We wear gloves. We we do all of these things, and we do them you know with, with without compromise. And so you know, as as a leader of the business, you know. Um, you, you sign a safety pledge, uh, and that's that's part, that's part of Rogers Group's culture. And so, you know, you have to carry that out. But you also, when it, with an acquisition, you have to have time to allow people to to acclimate to your to your culture, understand how you do things, know how to do those things, and then and then it's time to all right, we'll we'll get to work. So, you know, that's been a lot of a lot of the challenge here. So, like you say, you know, the, the, the phone ringing with a lot of the negative things have you know it'll overwhelm you at times and it's good to hear people call from time to time and and we've got some we've got some great leaders around the company and and some that are some that are heading out for retirement but but that care enough to call me and say hey I've been at this for 30 years or 40 years we got a gentleman by the name of Mark Stevens who who's been our division uh, VP out in uh, in East Tennessee who who's who's called me and asked hey you know how can I help or you know you can bounce things off me or I'm a phone call away and oh. You know those things are those things are valuable to me, and I have some other industry uh, contacts. You know, with with other businesses, and um, Dan Garcia over at CW Matthews has been a been a great 
contact for me. You know, they're not a competitor with us. They're over in the Atlanta market. They do what we do. So, you know, what are some of the things you're doing right? What are some of, how, how are you winning and how are you integrating safety culture in a family business? Um, and he's been willing to share some of that stuff, you know, some of the, some of the safety things that are working and, and even some of the, some of the things like, you know, just equipment maintenance and, and things like that. Cause we've got a tremendous amount of equipment with this acquisition that's got to be maintained and, and kept up with and lots of tracos and dozers and different things that we don't have as many of those in one small area across Rogers group. So, it, you know, you have to lean on people that, that help you get to where you are and you have to, uh, use mentors. You know, I, I say mentors are very important in business. They're very important in leadership and you've got to rely on, on other people. Sometimes you can't do it all yourself. And so, you know, other people may have been there and done that and the, the old term, but they may have already experienced the, the trials and tribulations you're about to experience. So just ask the question, Hey, what do you, how do you do this? And how do you do this better? Um, you know, and, and, and again, all the way to the top of this organization too, the, the people at the top of Rogers group are willing to pick up the phone and answer my call and say, you know, Hey, I, I can help. Let me help walk you through that. Or let me, let me help you with that challenge. And, uh, and we, we get, again, we acquired some really, really good assets and really good people. And those people are the biggest asset, but we have some really good assets in Rogers group and some really good people that, that are, they're willing to help. This is a good lesson in uh, why you shouldn't burn bridges. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm a firm believer in that. Don't uh, don't burn any bridges. You know, I, I don't know if the people in then in Ohio love me for for coming up there for such a short period of time, yeah. but, but they'll get over it. Well, you know, you, but you can't have a perfect track record. <laughs> can't have a perfect track record. So I'm so I might have I might have stumbled on one. Maybe not burned it, but you know, maybe yeah. broke the edge or something. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been there. And, yeah, and then you but, look back and you're like, yeah, I wish I yeah, had done a little better. Yeah. And then you're like. But you use that as a learning opportunity to get you to where you are. Everybody that I have worked for in my career, whether boss or owner or beyond, I have maintained a relationship with. Um, I have. Even my boss at Rogers Group, Dave Adamitz, who retired, um, tremendous mentor for me, um, you know, worked at Rogers Group, I think, almost 40 years Um but I mean, I still, to this day, I stay in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, there's time that goes by longer than, you know, the days of when I work for them, but I still talk to them, still see them from time to time. Um, the owner of Sunbelt Asphalt, I probably talk to him three or four times a month. Um, and, you know, obviously my, my uncles that were in the grading business, I still talk to them and, you know, and, and again, people, people throughout the organization of Rogers group during my time away, uh, I continue to keep those relationships up and keep them going. You know, I didn't burn the bridge. I gave them more notice than they asked for and stayed as long as they wanted me to. Um, and, and so you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's a great lesson in, in, in my career has been, you know, hey, um, you know, don't burn bridges. And I, w- I would say another lesson is that uh, sometimes you have to be patient. And, so, and there have been times in my life that, that, that I can be impatient. And, uh, you know, that leaving the, the trip to Ohio was that was that was that impatience yeah. kicking in for me when I was being told by those same mentors that I was relying on, hey man, you should you should exercise some patience here and just stick with Rogers Group or stick stick with where you're at. Um, again, now that it's done and looking back in the rearview mirror, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, undo what I did, but I would say that uh, that I took a harder path than maybe what I what I could have to get to the same place. So well, and that was uh, funny enough. That was my perception 
when, when you went back to Roger's group, I was like, I feel like he should have been a little bit more patient with that one because yeah. he had a good thing going there. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. I understand he was frustrated, but man, and here you are. And then it all came full circle. I'm like, all right, I guess that worked out pretty well yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah. Just, sometimes things just, just come together and work. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. shouldn't be the one telling people to be patient because I'm, I've made so many messes over the past few years by impatience, nothing more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's something too that I have to work on all the time. It's just, just patience. I think patience yeah. in general, um, you know, and I, and I used to laugh. My wife said, man, you don't have any patience. And then I came to work for Reed Contracting and I realized what, what real impatience looks like. Cause, uh, cause Mike and, and, and David and more so Mike yeah. than David, there was no patience there, boy, make it happen was the, was, happen. was reality. Boy, yeah. if he, if a phone rang and he had a question or something going on, it was hang up and immediately get an answer to that, to that situation or that question. And yeah. I thought, wow, that, this, there wasn't even three seconds that went by before he was making that decision or doing something. There is, there was no patience there. Um, well, and, and it worked and worked for him. Uh, so yeah, it worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't argue with it. And that's nope. why, I mean, there, there, there's a million different stories and I've, I've asked Mike to be on the podcast, but he's a very, you know, yeah, he's, he's a very private, thing. private man. Yeah. He just, he, not his thing, but, uh, I mean, he has some stories about, you know, people telling him no and it just doesn't go well. And like, huh, yeah. okay. So yeah. you really, you really want to do this? Yeah. We'd really want to do this. Okay. And yeah. then <laughs> he, yeah. get, he gets the last word at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> you learn, like I say, if you're not, if you're not learning, maybe not every day, I don't know. So you yeah. probably learn something every day, but at least every week, every month, you know, you're learning something from the people that you're around. Um, you know, I sit down now, you know, David Harris agreed to continue on with Rogers group and work and work for us, which has been, which has been great. Um, and, uh, you know, I sit down at lunch with him and, and pick his 40 years of knowledge in his brain. And he's a, yeah. he's an amazing mind when it comes to construction and how things come together. And, and, you know, he and, and, a, and a lot of other leaders in, in this, in what was Reed and now Rogers group. So, so now Rogers group employees, um, there's, there's some great minds that, that work here. Um, and people that I stand to learn a whole lot from, I sure don't know probably half of what some of these guys forgot you know, over the years, um, you know, you know, Steve, Steve Hayes is a, is a, is another one. Uh, he's, I think employee one or two with, with Reed contracting and, and still working for us. Yeah. Um, and really, really embracing our culture. He and several others are embracing the culture and, and, and it has to start, it has to come from the top down. So if those guys are just going to say no to what we're doing, uh, then it'll never work. But, you know, just the sheer knowledge of how projects come together and, and how the, you know, what is the right equipment for the right application and things like that. You know, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it, but, but some of these guys really, really have a good, a good grasp on how to attack a project and how to go after it. And the proof's in the pudding, cause it was very successful for Reed contracting. Yeah. So, you know, that their, their success and then coming up, coming on aboard with, with Rogers group, uh, like I say, gives us, gives us great, you know, great peace of mind that, that we got, some, we got some really good people out of this deal. Sweet. Well, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see how it all goes. Yeah, yeah, us too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, we're probably you know 45, 60, probably approaching 60 days and in, into the into the full acquisition. Yeah, um, and I can I can see a whole lot of difference from week one to week two when it when it felt like Rome was burning, um, and uh, 
you know, we still need a lot of people. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug that a time or two during That's this fine. during this conversation. But uh, yeah, yeah, we need we need people. So anybody listening that's uh, unhappy, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, come see us. We we need operators. We need foremen. We need we need truck drivers. We need everything in between. So everybody. Um, but we again, we have a great we have a great group of people, and it's it's not it's not keeping us from doing work. We just there's still just a need for people, and I think that's that's across the country really. Um, it's not just Huntsville, Alabama. That's you're, for sure. Yeah, you're not alone there. But uh, it, yep. again, Huntsville is just a it's a wacky market because there's a lot of uh, a lot of competition for people here. There's there a, is a lot of great businesses here and moving here. And yeah, you talked about that automotive plant. You know, it's yeah, firing up and hey, we need thousands of people. Yeah, and, and yeah, in a short amount of time. And, yep. Yeah. And all those, all those companies that, that my wife's online buying stuff from and delivering it to, you know, to, to different places, uh, yes. they're hiring. And there's oh, just yeah. so many other, other companies in here that, that, that are hiring. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to lose a whole lot of operators to the FBI, but I could be no. wrong. I could be wrong. No. Um, uh, we may have the next, uh, you know, special agent uh, yeah. on, a, on a dozer right now. Possibly. <laughs> um, it's, you know. Or, you know, he may be working undercover for all I know. But uh, it is pretty wacky that the FBI is coming to Alabama. It's, well, Redstone Arsenal, man. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, that's like, uh, it's it's an amazing place. You go out and drive out there, or you visit the gate, and you see how, you know, I mean, it's the largest employer in, in North Alabama. There's 50 plus thousand people going through the gate every day, and you got Missile Defense Agency and, just some really, really neat stuff right here in Huntsville, Alabama, and some really smart engineers and PhDs and people people well beyond my construction brain. Yeah, um, living and working in 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 North Alabama. Well, but they still all use roads and flush toilets, and they do, they do drive uh, on bridges. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And they'll be the first one to complain about traffic. But I say traffic's paying the bills at the uh, Garcia household. Hey, so if we're we if we're in traffic, that means we're widening a road and we've narrowed it down and we've yeah. So yeah, I, I tell my kids just be patient. It'll it'll be okay. We'll sit in this traffic. We'll get through it. And as long as someone's paving up here, it's gonna everything's gonna be okay. I see. I don't mind sitting in construction traffic if there's stuff going on to look at. Yeah. And if it's <laughs> if it's construction traffic for no reason, there's nobody out there. I'm like, well, that was a waste of time. Like I right. wanted to see something. But <laughs> yeah. if it's a paving crew or a milling machine, I am uh, fired yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Me as well. Me as well. And. I, the flashy lights on the truck. I might jump into that construction zone, especially if it's ours, yes. and and stop and see what's going on on my on my way out of town. Flashy uh, or, lights, they can yeah. get you into a lot of places. Flashy lights work. Uh -huh. They do. They do. It's like having a badge sometimes. Yeah. Well, so, uh, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Absolutely, I appreciate you making the drive to Huntsville. Come talk to us. We're we're in the halls of the old the old Reed Building. It's yeah. it's pretty it's it's pretty eerie sometimes. I think. Mike's going to come around any corner. And, yeah. Yeah. And, well, that was the last time I was yeah. here. I was meeting with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, be back. but again, you know, we, we always say he's welcome anytime and he still does pick up the phone when I call and talk to me. I, yeah. He might be in flip flops somewhere. I don't know. I hope he is. Um, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling like he's, uh, you know, he, he still has the maintenance business. Right. For, right. For plant maintenance. And uh, yeah, I just, a guy like that, I, I don't see ever relaxing. There's just something about them. They just they just like to work. Yeah, I hope he finds that hap that happy place of, of relaxation. And I, I kid with him all the time. And we had lunch here a week ago, and um, 
you know, we were sitting down and everybody was kind of giving him a hard time at the, t- at the table, you know? So yeah, I hope he and his, he and his wife and, and, and kids and, and grandkids now too. He's, he's, yeah. he's got a little, little girl, little, little grandbaby. And, uh, so yeah, I hope he, hope he finds a lot of time, a lot of time with them. He's built something really good and, and, uh, I shook his hand and promised him I'd take really good care of it and and the people that work here. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold true to that statement and as long as I'm here, we're gonna continue to do that. And I know Rogers Group will for for generations to come. So good. Look forward to the future and pre- again appreciate you making the drive down to Huntsville to come come see me. Well, uh, next time you're on the podcast in the future, you'll be making the drive to see us. All right, in Nashville now, in right? Nashville. Yeah. Yes. Okay. At the, at the studio. All right, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yep. So. So we uh we'll we'll do that. Okay. Episode 69, Anthony Garcia of Rogers Group is completed. Not much more else here other than me begging you once again to share the podcast with everybody you come across. Maybe it's your friend, maybe it's your family member, maybe it's the cashier at the grocery store. Hey, Jerry, I heard this great podcast you should really listen to it. It's called Dirt Talk. Any little bit of help sharing this thing is appreciated by myself, Alex, and the rest of the Dirt Talk family. So thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty.